Hello, everyone. This is the Parks Academy, where we discuss and celebrate all things theme parks related. We focus mainly on Disney parks and resorts in both Anaheim and Orlando. My name is Paige. My name is Stephen. And today we will be continuing our World Showcase series. We are in Italy today, and this should be this should be good. Um, Italy is a nice pavilion. Pizza, pasta, gelati, limoncello. Oh yeah. Um, Bonjour, France, isn't it? It sure is. What do they say in Italy? How do you greet somebody? Is ciao, hello? Sure. Or is that goodbye? I don't know. I think that's Hawaii you're thinking of, where it's the same. Aloha is hello and goodbye, correct? That is correct. All right. So on this episode, uh, we are super, super excited um, because we are being joined by Johnny, the host of the DMSW podcast that is a that is a a mouthful of a podcast name but uh (laughs) it's disney marvel and star wars right you got it yep perfect love it well johnny welcome to the show we're such a big fan of your uh your show and and what you're doing um and in fact i think we may have started our our shows around the exact same time um like spring of 2022 so yeah cool to have you on here man awesome i really appreciate you guys having me on i uh ready to uh Forget about it and talk about Italy with you guys here tonight. <laughs> have some fun. All right, cool. So uh, one of the things that we do is we want to talk ab- about the history of the pavilion before we get into anything else. And so um, in 1982, um, there was a instructor's, uh, instructor's orientation guide that introduced the Italian pavilion, uh, and it was called the Spirit of the Epcot Center. So this is how they described it back in 82 for like the instructors and, and uh, how they would kind of talk about it and, and share it with the guests. So they called it, it was a faithful reproduction of the Doge's palace in Venice, um, the, uh, um, from St. Mark's Square and the Venetian-like Isle of the Lake. It was complete with gondolas set the scene for Italy. Um, basically, you, you enter into St. Mark's Square you pass through two massive freestanding columns at the top um, of one of them is St. Theodore, a military leader who played a very important role in early Venetian history. And then atop of the other column, you have a winged lion who is the mythical guardian of Venice and the symbol um, of St. Mark. So when they were putting this together, one of the things that they really wanted to do for the Italy Pavilion was to make sure that the architecture um, you know, the 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 reproduction of Doge's Palace, that it was, you know, um, as accurate as possible. But one of the things, because it was so ancient, maybe arguably some of the most ancient architecture they brought over for, um, you know, creating these pavilions as far as like timeline goes, is they, they just could not find the exact duplicate of the marble. So Disney Imagineers had to create their own um, and so in this case, the marble that you see um, on the palace is actually fiberglass covering brick supports. And um, it was painted and specially treated to resemble the real thing. So, um, you know, I mean, just like kind of one of the things that I found kind of kind of weird about my research on this was there wasn't really a whole lot of like information about the Italian you know, government and bringing them in and, and sort of planning out the whole thing. Um, but there was kind of this, you know, wanting to make Venice sort of be, um, 
I guess I would just say like the 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 focus of what the pavilion you know is going to be like. And so Mark's uh, St. Mark's Square um, is really kind of, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, like the whole center of the Italy Pavilion. And so like um, I think it's one thing that makes it extremely unique, unlike other pavilions, for instance, is everything does kind of revolve around, uh, you know, just this one like almost like an open air kind of courtyard which um is really nice and uh it's just it's got a lot of charm to it i think you know absolutely absolutely <laughs> <What>? jinx <laughs> yeah I, I would say uh completely agree with you there i mean that's what i think a lot of us think of when you think of, of italy you think of ancient rome and uh, all that ancient Italian architecture. And to me, I think one of the other cool things about this pavilion is it extends kind of across the, 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 the walkway there too, as well as so you see mm -hmm. the, uh, the gondola boats out there, uh, on the water as well. So you get some, some stuff outside the kind of pavilion across the way. And then you have the, obviously the whole, um, open, open air pavilion there that you can walk through as well, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that was actually one thing that I was going to mention too, is that, um, I, I love that they have um, I do love that they have that because um, it is one of the few pavilions where it does like expand out across the street um, and so you do have that little area where you can go out to the water and then not only do they have gondolas like sort of parked right up against um, right up against the uh, I don't know like the uh, courtyard thing not courtyard whatever it is um, they have those gondolas parked there, but I also have like almost like a little canal with a bridge that goes over it. And it looks very, yeah. very much like what you would see in like Venice, Italy, um, you know, from kind of like their, um, the streets, right? The street water race um, for transporting vehicles and stuff and, and boats. And so that is something that is also like another little layer of what makes it special because it's uh I mean, it really does. I mean, all of them transport you, but I feel like in some ways, Italy transports you in a way that I don't know if some of the others do like quite as effective as this one. I agree. I, I think there go a lot that goes into it to make it feel like authentically Venice, which a lot of the other pavilions we've talked about how authentic they feel. But I think this one, because they focus so heavily on one specific part of Italy, it really was able to all be put together pretty nicely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Um, so, I, I, mean, I mean, like as far as, um, you know, the architecture goes, um, I mentioned the Doge's Palace is, is really like the main event. Um, and it, uh, um, the Doge's were actually uh, the title of the chief magistrates of Venice from 697 to 1797. So this has like a really long, you know, thousand plus year span of history. Um, and I mean, there is, uh, especially back in the early days, uh, there was such a like a, a stark contrast of the pink hues against the wooded areas uh, with the surrounding botanical gardens. Um, and like one of the things they did that I think is really interesting is they were able to bring in native kumquat trees, uh, cypress trees, uh, olive trees, pine trees, and Mediterranean citrus that are actually native to parts of Italy. Um, and so it really kind of simulated the feel of the countryside out there, um, which is really nice. And fortunately, because of Florida's climate, they were able to like accommodate that without having 
frostbite on their olives. Yeah. As as it, as it were. Or the citrus. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Because those things don't just like grow anywhere. Right. Especially during the winter. Correct. <laughs> yeah. We have that problem. We do have that problem. Uh, yeah, we're on the we're on the west east coast. We're on the east coast. I almost said west coast, where I'm actually from. <laughs> and so my citrus like dies in the winter unless I bring it inside, which is like a huge shame. Our poor little lemons. I know. I've killed like three lemon trees. Inside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Johnny, I want to take a little pause here because with the other episodes, we have actually asked some of the guests some questions before we got started. Um, sure. I know Stephen has already jumped into the history, but I wanted to ask you, do you remember your very first trip to World Showcase? I don't. I, my first trip there, I was in kindergarten. Okay. Um, so not, uh, not too many memories from that trip. The only thing I can really remember is we stayed at the, the Fort Wilderness cabins. I, I can actually remember kind of oh. hanging out at those little mobile home kind of setups that they had there that was actually a pretty cool resort to stay at but that is unfortunately the only memory i really have from uh from that trip well that makes sense yep don't have too many memories from (laughs) kindergarten myself i get it yeah (laughs) um in addition to that do you have any specific memories from the italy pavilion in any of the trips that you've been there yeah so uh the first time back to disney coming out of the pandemic i went there with my wife for our 15th wedding anniversary and we actually did disney for our honeymoon so it was a kind of a full circle cool moment yeah to come back uh 15 years later on the anniversary and come back to disney again and get to do all that stuff and and we have a boatload of kids so we do not get a lot of time away with just the two of us to especially to do a vacation never mind like just go out to dinner so uh, to get down there to Disney for a few days and enjoy some some time together on our anniversary was really cool. And we did spend a lot of time in that Italy pavilion on that specific mm-hmm. trip. Um, it was nice to do do Epcot as adults and just be able to go slow and just go at our pace yeah. and eat where we wanted to eat and drink where we wanted to drink and kind of do our own thing. So uh, the Italy pavilion worked out perfectly. We ate at the, uh, the Tutto Italia Ristorante there. Uh, we mm-hmm. hit the uh, the food booths that that was right outside there as well at that time. Got some uh, some like mozzarella um, fried raviolis that were outstanding. Oh, yeah. So yeah, we had some good good memories from the Italy Pavilion from that trip for sure. Without without doubt, their food is like really what makes it. I mean, I've had their wine flights. We've had their champagne. Um, some of their frozen um, like rosés or whatever they had. I think mm-hmm. we had that there perhaps, but. Um, yeah, we that's got the limoncello and the orange cello. The blood orange cello, I yes. think, is what I had, and that was mm-hmm. outstanding. Again, another thing that we got for Food and Wine Festival that I don't doesn't matter, but I don't know if we could <laughs> replicate that necessarily. Right. Um, yeah, that's cool. Um, so yeah, so you're like a, I mean, obviously with your show, you're obviously big into Disney, but I didn't know it's, it spanned that far back to like your honeymoon and everything. That's cool. Yeah. Yep. So I, I didn't actually really become a big Disney fan, though, until we had kids. We um, the reason we went for the honeymoon was just kind of we were looking for like a nice, easy, like kind of all inclusive type mm-hmm. of vacation. And with the, the magic bands and, and all that kind of stuff, you, it feels like a, an all inclusive type of experience. So we knew that you get that customer service, uh, mm-hmm. top notch quality with Disney. So we're like, all right, let's just 
for the honeymoon, let's just keep it easy. Go somewhere we know where we're not going to have a bad experience. Uh, yeah. It'll be a layup. But we didn't. I didn't have that that Disney bug there yet at the time. I just kind of went because I knew it was going to be um, a dependable uh, trip. But uh, mm -hmm. once we went to the once we came back with kids for the very first time, it that's when it absolutely everything changed for me and everything opened up in a whole new way. And I yeah. got bit hard by the <laughs> Disney bug and. <laughs> The rest, the rest is history from there. Wow, that's cool. So, okay, so I have to ask you then, um, we've never really talked about this before, but what was it then if, if you were kind of a, a latecomer to uh, Disney, like Disney Parks fandom and the way that you are now, yep. what took you from like sort of being a believer to like being a, a super fan with kids and then being like, I'm going to parlay this into a podcast career? Yep. So if the, the, the fandom first started, like I said, with that, that first trip, uh, with, we had four kids at the time and funny enough, I was the dad that my wife was like pushing for the trip for a couple of years. And I mm -hmm. was like, it's too expensive. They're so little, they won't remember it. Like, let's wait a few years until they get a little bit bigger. And then we'd mm -hmm. have another kid and she'd be like, keep resetting the clock with having a new baby. You can't just keep yeah. always pushing off before we know it. Our oldest is going to be a teenager and isn't going to want to go with us. So yeah. finally, she kind of changed up her, her sales pitch to me and said the way she worded it was like, stop thinking about us paying all this money to for the kids to have memories that they'll remember forever. Think about it as us for the parents that we are. Mm -hmm. We are spending the money to guarantee ourselves as parents to have these amazing memories of watching that magic on our kids faces. And I was like, OK, there you, you know. go. That's that's a perfect way of looking at it. You got me. So like, let's let's do this. Let's save up. We'll pick the the Disney hotel, do the whole thing, and and do everything under the sun that we can do, and and get this experience. Because in my head, I'm thinking like, okay, this is probably our one big Disney trip. Check that <laughs> off the uh, family yeah. view list, and uh -huh. and that'll be it. So one of the first things we did was we had a, a character meal at uh, the Garden Grill in Epcot, mm -hmm. um, and the. The three of the kids were kind of done eating. They left uh, with my wife and I kind of hung back with with one of my twin daughters. Uh, she finished up her last couple of bites. When she was done, we got up to leave. And just as we approached the the stairs to leave the restaurant, Mickey came around from the other corner and we had already seen all mm -hmm. the characters at the table, did the autographs. Everything was great and good interactions. It was fun. Yeah. But something magical happened in that one experience. It was meant to be the the stars aligned in that very moment and mickey came over he got down on his knee it was like rubbing my daughter on her head and like <laughs> really like emoting and interacting yeah. with her yeah. and he did that thing where um he like held her hand and you hear that like kissing sound come out of the the costume like he's kissing yeah. her on the hand mm -hmm. and that it was like a movie like everything slowed yeah. down the 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 outlines of my vision got blurry <laughs> that rules the like the yeah, the metaphor I give is like I think of it as like uh, the 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 Grinch uh, cartoon movie there when his heart grows five sizes and breaks through the sure. uh, little X-ray machine. That is mm -hmm. exactly what happened to me in that moment. My little uh, this teeny tiny little Disney shaped Mickey face in my chest, and it just absolutely <laughs> burst out. And I come, we came running out of the restaurant. I went up to my wife, and I'm like, "That's it! Like this is our vacation spot. We are coming back here every year with the kids now." This is the best experience yeah. I've ever had. Yeah. And just all of that, all of that was uh, all that Disney love and Disney magic was just opened in that one specific moment there. So that was uh, pretty cool. But then from there, it just 
like I think most people, the pandemic kind of changed a lot of people's mm -hmm. lives and yeah. hobbies and habits. And being from, I'm from up in New England, so mm -hmm. we are just absolutely spoiled rotten with professional sports up here. So that was my main hobby. I was mm -hmm. going to the games with friends, going to the bars, with my friends and hanging out to watch all the big games. And, and that was my go-to thing. And when COVID, when COVID got here, it completely changed that kind of for yeah. everybody. And even when sports came back, they still didn't allow fans right. at the game. You still weren't going to bars to watch it. So mm -hmm. just sitting at home on my couch while everyone was asleep and there's nobody in, at the stadium, it's just, I could just feel that like passion and like love for this thing that mm -hmm. I've had for years and years and years of my life. Just be like, eh, this, uh, this just isn't the same. Like, I don't need this. Yeah anymore and i just kind of i felt it kind of like going away and like my habits changing and then i kind of started watching more and more disney youtube stuff mm -hmm. and uh reading more disney blogs and then it went into the podcasting thing and it wasn't too long after listening to podcasts that i was like this is way too fun like i yeah i need to get yeah. in on this and, and get in on this party cool i love that that's kind of how we were too in a way where we were just kind of like we could totally do this and even if we're not the best like and you know we don't yeah, we don't exactly. live down there we don't go all i mean we go I, I would say we go like more than the average bear but we don't you know we're not down there all the time um because yep. we have lives and finances um but uh <laughs> you know i mean it's still a fun thing to do so that's that's cool i just wanted to kind of get your backstory on that since you had mentioned um that yeah you sure were, you were a convert um all right <laughs> so let's go back to italy then um so uh, th there's um kind of the whole you know, every, everything that you would expect of dining, shopping, and entertainment. You talked a little bit about the food. So we'll kind of talk about like the four main areas where you can't eat in um, mm -hmm. Italy. So you have Via um, Napoli. If I, I'm, I think I got, I've got to be done apologizing for how I pronounce I things. I think it's Via Napoli. <laughs> via, when I say Via Napoli, Via yeah. Napoli. Okay. <laughs> I'm not Italian. Our, ed our editor will cut that out. Um, <laughs> Via like Napoli. Red Sox first baseman, Mike Napoli. See, they bring the sports <laughs> back into it. Perfect. Uh, it's an Italian pizzeria serving up authentic pies made with imported flour and special water, as well as salads and sandwiches. You have the um, Tutto Gusto wine cellar, which is kind of like a cousin to the Tutto Italia Ristorante, which serves Italian, just traditional kind of straight up Italian food. But the wine cellar is an atmospheric wine cellar that serves wine, beer, sandwiches, and small plates. Um, and they have like over, I think, like 200 different types of wines from Italy there, which is kind of insane. And then, of course, they have the gelato kiosk, which serves gelato. Um, have So I've definitely eaten like in and around Italy before. We've never gone to the pizzeria or the restaurant. I think I may have had a slice of pizza there once. But yep. I know that we haven't done like the whole sit down dining experience um, again because we just always go during food and wine festivals like crazy people mm -hmm. and uh, <laughs> we just never sit down to eat. But um, they have such good. I mean, their stuff, though, is like from what I have had, it's it's top notch, especially like obviously the Italian wines and spritzers and things like that are incredible. Um, gelato, of course, is is out of control. But um, yeah. So you said that you've eaten at uh, <laughs> Via Napoli, uh, or did you eat at uh, the Trattor or the Restaurante? 
Yes. We, when I was there with my wife, we did a sit down meal at the, the Tuto Italia one. That's right. We, we okay. had the, the regular sit down dinner. Yep. And how, how was that place? It was really good. I mean, it was your, your classic, you know, basic Italian food. And the thing with me and my wife too, is we, we, we're a match made in heaven when it comes to food. We have like mm. the most boring, basic palates that you can imagine. <laughs> she just, she likes ravioli. I just stick to the chicken parm and that's, that's it for us. We don't even get into the, the, the wines or any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. We are as, as boring as it gets, unfortunately for, uh, for a podcast to talk about uh, Disney food and how many amazing options there are. And we're just like, yeah, we'll just take the chicken palm and the, uh, the ravioli, yeah. please. <laughs> Nothing hey, wrong with that. Chicken palm oh, is one of the we, best. We got mozzarella. We did the mozzarella sticks for the appetizer too. So there you go. Got, how, got, how would got, you say crazy? <laughs> how would you say it compared to um, like Mama Melrose, for instance, if you've been there before? Yep. Yep. We've been to Mama Melrose as well. We took the, uh, the kid, we've been there with the kids when we've gone, uh, with them. Um, for me, I don't know, it's, it's comparable. And again, maybe that's just me and my, my boring basic palate, but to me, Italian food is, especially the, the types that we're getting, it's, it's almost impossible to mess that up. It's just pasta and a, and a meat yeah. with a, as long as, as long as the sauce tastes pretty good, you're, it's, it's kind of hard to mess up pasta. Italian food is one of those things that I feel like has a really high floor, you know? So yeah. like, yeah, even yeah, at its worst, at it. even at its worst, it's For not sure. that bad. Yeah. Um, yep. Cool. The safe. Okay. It's a very, yeah, it's, very safe bet. It yes. is. Unless you're like putting ragu on something, in which case that's, <laughs> yeah, the that's floor, it. it's kind of more like the basement. Um, <laughs> no disrespect to our friends over at ragu. <laughs> <laughs> this episode of the Parks Academy is brought to you by Deep Cut. DeepCut are makers and purveyors of some of the most incredible record displays and accessories on the market today. Right now, you can check out their pre-sale of their floating record player table. It's the perfect home for your record player setup. This wall-mounted table features a clean look free of messy wires, the beauty of natural hardwood, vibration-dampening design for a better sound, and the small footprint suitable for any space. Every last detail is considered in the design. Every component is best in breed. From the thick hardwood slab to the hand-welded brackets to the powder-coated metal cable management cubby, this is form meets function in the most satisfying way. It's the premium record player shelf that your system deserves. We love these guys, and we cannot say enough about how great their quality uh, stuff is. You can get 10% off your first order with DeepCut using the code TPA10 at checkout. Check out deepcut.co and again, use that code TPA10 at checkout. Thank you so much to DeepCut for sponsoring the Parks Academy and being part of our show. We really appreciate you guys and we cannot get enough of your stuff. And now, back to the show. Okay, so shopping over in Italy. Um, can we go back to dining for just a minute? Yeah, please. Just because the Via Napoli, I've not eaten there. And Johnny, you've not eaten there either. No, not in the, the sit down part of it. I think we've grabbed uh, slices to go when they have that little side like the window, window thing. thing open. Yeah, but that's, I, mm -hmm. I was trying to look that up for you to be able to talk about with you guys on here. And there's not even like a, a, a page or a section on the Disney website for it. And when mm -hmm. you look it up on like Disney Foodblog, they're like, 
you never know when it's going to be there. You just kind of show up to Epcot and sometimes it's open and they're selling slices and sometimes they're not. So I know it's super yeah. random. Yeah. Um, yeah. The one thing is everybody that I know that has eaten there said that it's like the best pizza in Disney. Yeah. Like on yep. Disney property. I don't I don't think I've had it. Maybe I haven't had it. I know I've had pizza in Epcot, but I don't maybe it wasn't there. Um, well, I know the, the pizza the pizza through the window is different too. The pizza through the window is that like Sicilian okay. thick thick style or like that mm -hmm. those, those those square pieces that you'll see mm -hmm. at like a deli or something like that. But the okay. pizza inside the restaurant is the is like a brick oven style, like a like right. two cheese type of pizza. <laughs> but yeah, I, I've heard the same thing. Tour. Everybody that that I know that is eaten inside at Viennapoli swears it's it's the best pizza on Disney property. Yeah. So heard. since you mentioned the brick ovens, that actually does parlay me slightly into a fun little factoid about um, Via Napoli. And that is, I can't believe I said Via Napoli earlier. That's okay. Oh my, <laughs> we all forgive believe, you. I cannot believe it. Um, so uh, the pizza ovens there have personalities of their own. Each one is actually based on a country's volcano. So you have Etna, Vesuvius, and Stromboli. I didn't know that Stromboli, I just kind of put together that Stromboli, the volcano, and Stromboli, the whale from Pinocchio. Uh -huh. Isn't that his name, Stromboli? I no, isn't no, wait, Stromboli no. is the uh, monstro. Guy, monstro. My, yeah, and Stromboli is the guy that kidnaps him, right? I'm not a Pinocchio. Hang on, hang on. I think so. Yeah, I think he's the guy with the big mustache, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah the okay. mustache okay. and the beard, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Stromboli is the guy. Anyways, I just think it's funny that that... Because he has kind of a temper in the movie. Anyways, all that to say. Um, each oven is is adorned with a face and the oven itself is like basically situated with a giant open mouth. So it looks like it's like yelling. Um, the ovens heat up to 700 degrees and can cook pizza in about two minutes. And the thin Neapolitan um, crust uh, cooks perfectly within the ovens. And um, like you said, it's it's been a hit with guests since uh, 2010 when it opened. And it's it is considered one of the best pizzas in, um, in uh, in Disney, except for I guess Pizza Planet, of course. You know, everyone likes it there. <laughs> um, the other interesting thing too about Via Napoli is that, um, it, one of the reasons why it's a fan favorite is because uh, of its authentic ingredients. So Patina um, Restaurant Group has um, operated this location since it opened. And they keep the menu as close to Italian authenticity as they possibly can. So the mozzarella that they use on the pizza is actually imported directly from Italy. Um, the San Marzano tomatoes and the chef's uh, specific instructions for hand uh, stretching the dough make the pizza um, really like one of the most memorable experiences you're going to get at Epcot because like people know, I feel like because people know pizza pretty darn well. So you get it done really, really well and right. Um, you know, it, it does kind of leave a, a more of a, a lasting impact. And so, um, for instance, in Naples, the uh, water used to cook um, is um, believed to make like a different quality of the pizza dough. So the water um, in um, Via Napoli's dough uses kind of like the same principles of like how they prepare it and everything like that. I guess why people say like New York bagels are so good because the water. Yeah, I was just going to exactly say the same thing. Exactly what I was yeah. going to say. Yeah, because that's <laughs> stinky city water. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I just think it's kind of interesting um, just because like the fact that they do import their mozzarella cheese is kind of wild to me. Um, mm. But also, I mean, it's it's like a little touch of of making it 
you know, sort of stand out in a way because like, I feel like you can kind of get away with like the food in Morocco to be like, they probably don't know what Moroccan food tastes like necessarily like people, but a lot of everyone kind of knows what pizza tastes like. So it's a kind of an interesting little, little thought. And I think too, it's such a testament to the authenticity because if you ask anybody anywhere in America, everybody's got a favorite kind of pizza and a favorite pizza place, right? Like we all will settle for whatever, you know, Domino's or Papa John's or whatever. But everybody's got like a favorite go to pizza place. Mm -hmm. And for so many people to say that this is the best pizza on Disney property. It must be a crowd pleaser. Yeah, obviously. (laughs) Everybody (laughs) prefers different kinds of pizza, thin crust, thick crust, Mm -hmm. you know, more cheese, more sauce, whatever. Yeah. But the fact that so many people speak so highly of this pizza, I think that must say something about Viennapoli. All right. Then what's your favorite pizza, Paige? Like, what's your favorite type? Like a New York style, Mm -hmm. thick crust, not too saucy, decent amount of cheese. Okay. Little tiny pepperonis with the grease puddles. Yeah. (laughs) And like severe heartburn. Um, Johnny, what about you? Yeah, same same style. I like that like nice, thick, moist crust and same thing. I'm I'm a less sauce, more on the cheese guy as well. So same same as Paige there for me. Good call, Johnny. So I am of two minds. Um I really like Chicago style pizza quite a bit. Oh, that's good too, it's man. That's super, is so good too. That's super, a good one. super good. Um, it always it makes you sick every single time. But I think <laughs> it's it's one of the best things. When we Paige and I lived in California, in the town that we lived in, there was a place called um, Old Chicago Pizza Kitchen, and it used to be mm-hmm. a house of ill repute, uh, ill ill repute, <laughs> um, literally. Um, and so, but like the pizza there is just so 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 good. So I really like Chicago style pizza, and then I also really like. I guess like, I don't know, like, ro- like Roman style pizza. So there's this place in San Francisco called Tony's Pizza. Um, and they have some of the best pizza I've ever had in my life. But it is very like, you know, it, it's very much like what you would get in Epcot from um, um, Italy. Yeah, from Italy. Exactly. So I think I would I would say just like the more like. I mean, New York pizza is fantastic, but I think that the more like Italian based, I think the better for me anyways. I can't do deep dish Chicago pizza. I would also like to acknowledge that I am lactose intolerant and cannot have dairy. But if I do indulge in pizza, it's definitely New York style. That's the only one that's worth it. Yeah. And like we're both risk. we're both like laying in bed that night being like, can you get some Tums? And we're just kind of like laying on top of the covers, <laughs> just holding our stomachs like, oh, we definitely overdid that. <laughs> yeah, know, I, was, okay. I was just going to ask you guys if you want to move down to Florida and we open up a, a pizza place to compete. Because that's one way to look at it and say, OK, v- clearly Via Napoli has it down there. Everybody's favorite pizza. But I look at it the other way and go, OK, they're the they are the only game in town. So that's to me, that's an open door for us to get down there, open another pizza place somewhere on property. See if uh, Uncle uh, Uncle Bobby will rent us out a room somewhere (laughs) on property and we can uh, we can start giving Via Napoli a run for their money. And we'd have to do New York style pizza. For sure. One of my yeah, one of my dreams is to open up a small pizzeria that puts Disney out of business. 
Uh, I think that's uh, that's possible. I'll, I'll think outside the box for you guys in this one. How about we do a pizza place with multiple different styles? So when they call up to order their pizza, they can they give me one large Chicago pizza, one large New York pizza. They can get all those different styles. That's pretty good. I'm into that. Nobody I does that. Think of everybody does pizza. Everybody in the yeah. world does pizza. But is there? I can't. There's never been a pizza place that does multiple different styles at the same place. Yeah, and like you could be like, I got picky just... kids. I want a Chuck E. Cheese style. <laughs> the more plastic and rubber, the better. Yeah, sure. Yeah, whatever you want, whatever style you want, you you can get it at our place. Perfect. That would be a really cool thing for the menu to be like different styles of pizza. Yeah. Tm. 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 <laughs> All right, next next week, you guys want to go on Shark Tank? We'll pitch this. Yes. Yeah, Mr. Wonderful <laughs> would kick me out for sure. And he'd be like, this is the worst idea I've ever heard in my life. And I'll be like, come on, dog. And then Barbara will be like, I'm in. I like I like the cut of your jib. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, Mark Cuban, why can't your basketball team ever like go to the finals? <laughs> You're not rich where it counts. Okay, so let's talk about shopping then, yeah? Let's do it. Okay, sure. So, buy me uh, something. Some. Yeah, here we go. So there are really like four main shops in Italy. You have Il Bel Cristallo, you have La Bottega Italiana, um, Enoteca Castello, and then La. I'm I'm just so bad at this. La Gemma Elegante. Yeah, sounds great. So you kind of have a whole like goal. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Uh, you got kind of like a whole, you know, conglomerate of different types of shops. So, um, uh, Il Bel Cristallo is is a Murano. It has like crystals and florals and fragrance fragrances and glassware and like decorative items, like all the kind of things you would want to buy on a Disney trip that'll break in your lounge fly. Um, <laughs> the Bottega uh, has uh, gourmet food and cookware, pastries and wine. They also have like a lot of IP driven merchandise, like aprons with Minnie Mouse on a Vespa and stuff like that. Um, if you go to uh, connected to um, the Bottega Italiana is the um, Castello. And this shop basically sells like a wide variety of Italian wines that can be purchased by the bottle, by the glass, as well as uh, snacks and kitchenware. It basically feels like an Italian, uh, like, a, like an authentic Italian wine shop. Uh, I actually have very distinct memories of this place. We've never drank there. But I do remember being in there and kind of watching. I mean, I guess I would just call them sommeliers. And uh, they're very knowledgeable about the wine. It's really interesting having them, you know, kind of talk about it. I think doing a wine tasting would be pretty fun over there. I haven't had too many Italian wines, so I think that would be fun to try. Italian wine is really good. It's, I mean, it's like renowned for a reason, for sure. Yep. Um, are you, Johnny, are you into wine at all? I am not. I am not a wine guy. Okay. Beer, beer guy, yeah, beer guy for sure. Okay. Like, uh, like some different IPAs and, but Guinness is my go-to beer. That's that's my go-to for sure. Guinness that rules. We so we live in Baltimore, and we oh nice have yep. the Guinness brewery the here. Yeah, but then yep. they were just like peace, and then I think they're gonna leave. I don't know if they've closed down yet, but they're leaving. I don't think they've oh, closed shoot. yet. Yeah, because I have had some friends that have posted about being there this summer, so mm, I don't know yeah. when it's such close. They're like haven't been here that long, and they're leaving, so it's kind of kind of a bummer, actually. Huh? That is a bummer. So if you're ever in this area, I would highly recommend you check it out because it's pretty sweet. 
Yeah, gotta hurry up and get down there before they move out. Okay, so the last shop is the Legima Elegante. And here they have a wide variety of Venetian masks. Um, and it is at the back of the um, Bel Cristallo. And at this place, you can actually make your own mask if you so choose. So what's interesting to me is that Venetian masks are actually kind of like a really big part of um, of this uh, pavilion. So like in this shop, you have the opportunity to purchase these hand-painted Venetian masks. Um, they are actually really hard to come by outside of Venice, and they have a real history, uh, like a very storied history that like dates back to the 13th century. And the Venetians would hold parties um, the day after Christmas through the start of Lent and use the elegantly designed masks to hide their identities. Um, and so the Venice Carnival continues to be celebrated to this day, and this is typically um, the only way for people to purchase these works of art um, really making this experience in Epcot really unique and really special. So I don't have a place in my heart for a Venetian mask, <laughs> but they're but they're beautiful. Um, I never would have been able to tell you that those are called Venetian masks and that they are Italian. Yeah, I don't want to be blue, but I, I would just call them eyes wide shut masks. Yeah. <laughs> If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. I was literally thinking the same thing. I'm like, I probably shouldn't bring that up on a Disney no, podcast. Bring it up. <laughs> well, yeah. when I see it, I think of like a masquerade ball, which just makes me think of. Eyes wide shut. And yeah. then I also think of like how similar they are to like a Mardi Gras mask. Mm -hmm. So that makes me think, oh, maybe they're French in origin. No. Never would have guessed it was Italian. Yeah, I, I think it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it, it is one of those things too where until I like looked at it and was kind of reading up about it again, I was like, I don't even remember that store being there. Yeah, it's one of those ones where you don't, you don't hear people talking about, I can't wait to get to Disney so I can make my, my own custom mask. Right. So yeah, I guess it's an idea though. If you don't want to make a lightsaber, you can make a, a Venetian mask. <laughs> yeah, that's me. They have um in one of the photographs that I found online, they have a big display of the masks and on the wall they have like a bunch of different masks of animals. So they have like a bird and a duck and a mouse and a gorilla. They have a donkey, a horse. Um they have like a swamp creature, which I think is crazy. <laughs> Um, a dog, a tiger, a lion, a parrot, and an alligator. Um, I might put this picture in show notes because the, um, the swamp monster really speaks to me in a in a kind of a spiritual way. <laughs> that is funny. I picture yeah. going to Epcot, walking into the Italy Pavilion, and be like, "I'll take one donkey mask, please." To go. <laughs> yeah, I just dropped the link to the picture in notes, so you guys can or in uh, in the chat, so you guys can see it. But it is. Um, it's really something to behold, these masks. And then they oh, have like wow. these other ones that are really tiny of like little Pinocchio looking looking characters at the like Oof. in the middle bottom. And I just I don't like any of this. Yeah, I, I don't like these very much at all. Okay. <laughs> yeah, those look like masks you would uh punish your kids with if they didn't behave in the parks that day. You put bring one of those one of those creepy face back yeah. and like put it on the pillow next to them in their bed. 
Yeah. <laughs> scare the crap out of I him. mean, what I would yeah. probably do is I'd probably slap on that dog mask and just stand outside their window and wait. It's like a horror film. I'm looking yeah, at pictures on Google. And it's bad, like, huh? So anyway, the Venetians can keep their masks. I don't really want anything to do with them, necessarily. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, pass. I'll pass on this experience. Although I might, yeah, next time we here. go, I might actually go in and try some on, I think. <laughs> we'll scare our kids half to death. Yes, of course. All right. Let's talk a little bit about um, entertainment because there is a lot going on for entertainment in this pavilion. And by a lot, I mean not a ton of things, but the two that they have is there's like so much packed into it that it feels like a lot. So I would say that the main attraction, the main source of entertainment at the Italy Pavilion is Sergio the Comedic Juggler. Do you remember seeing, do either of you remember seeing this guy or, or coming across his act? Just kind of like in passing, he, I remember we, we saw him there, but we didn't, it wasn't like, I think we were on our way to the restaurant, so it was just walking through and seeing him there doing it but we i haven't stood there and watched his entire act from from start to finish so um neither have i in all candor um but i have watched it on youtube and it is something so he's kind of dressed like where's waldo but he wears like a green a bright green um almost like a almost like a scarf around his waist um, his act really kind of revolves around like juggling random things like soccer balls. He has giant nets like the child kidnapper in um, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Right. Um, he has a little rope that he pretends to uh, like high walk on with an umbrella. Um, and, and his whole bit is really kind of like he's very bumbly and like he will, for instance, um, juggle like a, a rubber chicken and a bowling ball pin and random stuff. And like, it'll look like he dropped something, but it was actually like part of his act the whole time. And he's able to pick it up very easily and quickly and kind of incorporate it back into his whole spiel. Um, it's, it's fine, I guess. I mean, I'm not really into like mimes necessarily, but he does communicate with like a whistle. So he's very much like mime in his performances. Um, it's, I didn't it's think I had seen him other than online, just from clips I've seen people post. But as you were telling what he did, I 100% have seen this before, probably with my family. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's been a little while, but that definitely was very familiar sounding. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he has an Instagram page called, uh, maybe he doesn't have an Instagram page. Maybe he's lying. Disney character Sergio, artist, teacher, director. Maybe this is him. Anyway, I think I found an Instagram page. Um, yeah, world champion juggler, fourth generation artist, gold medal in Paris, Disney character Sergio, um, artist again, apparently. Yeah, kind of cool. Um, Johnny, do you have any like recollection of seeing this guy perform? No, like I said, it was just kind of in passing on the way to the restaurant. So yeah. saw the crowd kind of around him and and saw he was obviously the center of attention. But I I did not catch really kind of any of that act that he was doing. Yeah, um, it's it's neat. I, I guess I don't really have much else to say about it besides it was kind of cool, you know. 
he's been there for a while too i think he's he's a long time cast member so yeah clearly and, and disney's happy with the uh with the performance he's doing there was a um a, a brief uh COVID hiatus that he had to take but he was back sure um i yeah. think it was like i think it was like october of 2021 or something he came back to uh to everyone's um i guess to everyone's excitement um boy yes funny sergio the italian juggle juggler there's his um his facebook page and everything good for him i didn't think that disney uh cast members were allowed to promote themselves like that but maybe he's not perhaps he's not a cast member i don't know maybe he's like the tree lady for man walking now yeah okay <laughs> so yeah, the other listen, is a part part-time employee maybe <laughs> right okay. he's, he's a general contractor this episode of the Parks Academy is brought to you by Neosabers. Neosabers make incredible handcrafted lightsabers that are perfect for any Star Wars fans. Check out these pros. They have strong metal built hilts, heavy grade polycarbonate blades, technical perfection, clarity of light and sound, perfect for cosplaying, the best option for a saber collection, and they can be totally customized how you want. Check this out. Uh, Neo Sabers is different from all of their sales because they focus on providing high-quality NeoPixel lightsabers that would qualify for either cosplay purposes or even light dueling. Their sabers price, uh, they say their sabers are priced low and can be guaranteed that their sabers are affordable and totally worth the purchase. You can check out their collection on their website at neosabers.com and check out their various features uh, of their NeoPixel lightsabers. Guys, I have my very own NeoPixel Saber, um, and, and Neo Sabers does it right. I have the Return of the Jedi Luke Skywalker Saber, and it is incredible. If I want it to be green and kind of act like it is from the movie, I can totally do that. Or if I'm looking to kind of customize it, have it be, you know, a Sith Saber, or maybe, you know, give it a little bit of a different Jedi look with purple, blue, yellow, you name it. I can do all of that. My favorite thing about it, though, is that there's an app that you can use. And with that app, you can customize like how it responds to different attacks. You can set it up to where it has like force lightning, where it has a drag motion. You can you can use like all kinds of different colors to change it however you want to right within this app. Um, and then there's also customized controls within the blade itself. So you can like press the button a couple different times to um, change the color, to change the sound or the volume or whatever you want to do. I really cannot speak more highly of neo sabers and uh, how much we are so happy to be sponsored uh, by them and partnered with them if you want to buy something from neo sabers jump on their website and use the code tpa10 at checkout this is going to guarantee you 10 percent off your purchase and right now they are running some incredible sales so go ahead and check out neosabers.com and get your neopixel neo sabers lightsaber today and now Back to the show. <laughs> um, so in 2014, they brought in another um, another source of entertainment, and it was the flag wavers of Sans Polkro. Um, and they uh, began in 2014 performing in Italy. Um, this tradition actually dates back to the Middle Ages, and it is an ancient art of flag waving. A group of flag wavers, drummers, and trumpeters perform several times a day. Um, 
their act is extremely colorful and beautiful. And um, I actually don't recall ever having seen this in real life. Um, but if you guys want to check them out, I will send you how to say their name because I, I, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty um, involved. But um, it's a beautiful performance. Um, they almost, I mean, uh, their their outfits are like so colorful and um, just like really kind of over the top in in the flair um, and everything. So I I like it. I think it's cool. Um, again, I don't remember really seeing much of it, but I did see it on um on youtube and what they do is pretty sweet so that area in epcot like where everyone kind of sits around like this little circular stage on the stairs and drinks and eats and hangs out they perform there um a handful of times a day so it's pretty cool yeah i've never seen them before same here i don't even recognize it all right well we can we can certainly move on from them um (laughs) One thing that I wanted to bring up before we get into some of the um, lack of attractions and like the attraction that was meant to be um, is a lot. And Paige, I think you're going to like this. Um, so there's a Neptune fountain, right? Mm-hmm. And um, they, uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's a really beautiful Neptune fountain. He has a couple of fishies next to him. And this specific fountain is um, reminiscent of the Trevi fountain in Rome. And in the article that I was reading said in parentheses, as seen in the Lizzie McGuire movie. I knew that's where you were going. <laughs> and you talk to me about that fountain all the time. Not as, that fountain, but the movie all the time. You always like to tell me. Well, about as it. soon as you said Rome, I was like, is that the fountain from the Lizzie McGuire movie? Well, anyways, it is. It's that's the inspiration <laughs> that I got. So um, I love that fountain, though. It's really cool. And story goes that if you like go behind the fountain and kind of behind like the main buildings and stuff, there's a red button. And if you press the button, it will um, like shoot off water from various fountains at different times. So you can kind of sort of control the fountains and like the spraying of water and stuff. Um, I think it's a little bit randomized, but next time I want to try to find that because that sounds like a good, good time. That sounds fun. Doesn't it? I did not know that fountain was from Liz McGuire. Yeah. Now you can like, I'm going to look it up. Get your picture with it next time. It it also activates the Lizzie McGuire meet and greet. So you hit that button, the fountains go off, and Lizzie McGuire comes out for some it pictures. Goes, technically, that's Disney IP. Doesn't <laughs> have better things to do? Disney Channel shows. So <laughs> they could bring Isabella and Paolo, and it would fit perfectly. Um, This is where my knowledge ceases to move <laughs> forward <laughs> i know i know next to nothing about liz mcguire and or her movie well it's fantastic yeah that's cool um i, I johnny are, are you have you seen it are you a fan nope nope can't say uh that's on my uh my movies watch list okay <laughs> um Paige was watching the even stevens movie not that long ago and I walked in and all of a sudden, like, it occurred to me that I had seen that film when it came out on Disney Channel. And I was like, oh, I remember every line and every scene from this film. Um, <laughs> but I had like, I didn't even remember that I saw it, but I knew what they were going to say and it was going to happen. Um, I have this really weird, uncanny ability to like quote films that I haven't seen in a decade or more. And I don't know how I do it. It's just sort of one of my like weird superpowers. 
It's mostly bizarre because you can't remember things from five minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> like but I couldn't, you... that's, that's just called being a husband. I mean, we all suffer from that one. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> yeah. But like, I couldn't remember the name of the whale from Pinocchio, but I could remember exactly what, uh, you know, what, what Stinky Pete says in Toy Story 2 when he gets turned around. <laughs> like, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know how I do it. Um, <laughs> Okay, let's talk about attractions, unless there's anything else y'all want to cover about dining, shopping, or entertainment. I think so. No, I'm good. I think we covered all those bases. Okay. So the um, the original plans for the Italy Pavilion called for an expansion that they were going to be calling Phase 2 of the construction. So Eat Your Heart Out, Galaxy's Edge, and Avengers Campus, you weren't the first one to do phases. Um <laughs> That left a wall of nothing behind it in the rear of the pavilion for a while, and there were talks that it was going to include a dark gondola ride and a Roman ruins walkthrough. Um, however, hmm. phase two was canceled, and the pavilion was left incomplete. Um, I don't think that a dark ride would have been great um, as like it, going through Roman ruins and, and old Italy. Um, for like literally one reason, and that's that on Spaceship Earth, we already do too much of hanging out with the Venetians and the Romans. So I don't need two dark rides to take me through Roman history necessarily. Mm -hmm. Um, so that leaves a huge empty hole of like nothingness in the Italy pavilion that needs something yep. because there is a lot of IP. I mean, enough IP anyway from Disney that could definitely fill that space. Absolutely. So you guys want to play a little armchair Imagineer? Should we make up some, some rides to go in this area here? I think Let's so. Let's do it. All right. Excellent. All right. John, you guys got any ideas? Like you have ideas. Are you hosting? Yeah, I'll say I'll, I'll kick something off if you guys want. I'll, I'll give you my, we'll, we'll play shark tank again here. I'll be the, uh, the guy pitching you on these rides and you're my sharks. You let me know if you, okay. uh, if you like these ideas. So I'm out. I'm trying, so I'm trying. <laughs> I'm kind of like the QVC lady. I'm like a little too nice, but I have a very specific idea of what I'm looking for. <laughs> that fits the uh, the Disney model. If we, if we can make money off it, then we're going to do it. But you're like Lori? Sure. Is that the QVC lady? I think so. Yeah. Yep. All right. So let's see what I got for ideas here. So as for me, it started off with obviously trying to hit that Disney IP and think of uh, Italian movies or movies that took place in Italy in that Disney sphere. So obviously the first one that comes to mind uh, for me was uh, Luca, the the Pixar mm -hmm. movie. And when I think about Luca, obviously I'm thinking about the, the excitement of kind of that underwater world. And I'm thinking Epcot is right there on the water. Uh, one of the most exciting parts of the movie is kind of that that bike race going down the hill. So like my first initial thoughts here for this this idea was putting in a massive, massive roller coaster because I'm a thrill rides guy. I love roller coasters. And as much as I love Disney in the parks, I always kind of like have a little side laugh to myself when people are like, oh, Disney has such great roller coasters. No, no, they don't. They just. They're fine. It's it fits the the park and the, the the whole thing there, and it's great for the kids. But what if you are if somebody that's grown up going to like Cedar Point 
in Ohio and, and really done these just massive uh, mm -hmm. roller coasters, there's really not much for you at Disney yeah. when it comes to like a legit thrilling roller coaster. So I agree. That was my thought process first, but I'm like, Disney will never go for this, but I would have loved to seen them really commit and put in a massive roller coaster where you could almost kind of be in that Italy pavilion and look if you're, if, if the, the world showcase is behind you and you're looking towards like the back left corner of the Italy pavilion, mm -hmm. looking up in the sky and seeing that main drop hill from the, the roller coaster and it's mm -hmm. themed in, in all imagineered up so that it looks like your ride vehicle almost maybe like the uh the hagrid's roller coaster where it's like you're on an individual bike yeah. and you come yeah. down the hill there and again I, this is why i kind of moved on from this idea it was like disney would never go for it i would love to see the roller coaster have this big main drop and then have it go out into the water mm -hmm. and have you actually go under the water in epcot and when you go underwater, there's, there's like a track and a path that goes under the, 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 the lagoon there. And when you're underwater, they have some type of video feature or something. So everything looks like you're underwater in the, that Luca universe. And you can yeah. see the, the sea monster creatures kind of flying by you too, while you're going through. That sounds uh, like a very expensive, but very yeah. entertaining addition. Yeah, I like <laughs> From like just the idea in and of itself, I think it's good. Um, I definitely don't think that it would fit in definitely the, not the yeah. pavilion, um, especially because um, I just don't think that Luca gained enough traction for it to like be worth him putting all that money into. Um, yep. But I like the I mean, I'm thinking almost like of the E.T. ride in Universal where you actually are on like a bike, except in this place, it'd be in this oh, case. Oh, yeah, that's like a, true. That's good. Idea. Um, you'd be on a Vespa. Um, Silencio Bruno, but um, yeah, I, I like the idea for sure. I mean, I do think that there's like something that you could do with that, that, that could work. I'm almost thinking like, you know, if you are going to do something like that, you could maybe make it instead of like a big roller coaster, you could make it almost like a tracked ride experience where you are on like your little Vespa. And so it goes almost like test track kind of where it seems like it's going faster than it actually is. Yeah. Um, yep. and you can have like water features on it. So as you're like going through things, like you get wet and then around you are, you know, like some people and then some of the sea monsters. So like there's the effect of like the water aspect of the ride that sort of turns some of the characters into the sea monsters and stuff. Um, but my only thing with that is it, it kind of would end up just like another dark ride and I don't, or maybe not a dark ride, but just like another ride with just like animatronics and stuff. And um, yeah, I don't know if they have the space to pull that off, like in a way that would be super yeah. effective. Cause in the movie, you know, there's all these Hills and, and it's like a really big kind of, you know, large area. Yeah. I was thinking the same way. So that's, but I, I, like I kind of, I th I threw it out there, but I knew I knew the Disney sharks would never kind of go for that one with the uh, the money and just the layout of of the amount of space that that would take up. So the the next movie I thought about was Pinocchio, and there's already two kind of Pinocchio rides over there in Disneyland. So honestly, I just kind of passed on Pinocchio, mm -hmm. and I went on to uh, the the other movie that was directed by Enrico. Casarosa there over at Pixar. Um, he was the director that uh, he or he directed the Luca movie. But before we got the Luca movie, if you mm -hmm. remember back to one of the Pixar shorts, and I, I think this is one of yes, yes, mm -hmm. I think this yeah. is one of the best 
Pixar shorts that's out there. So I know it sounded like you were kind of against the uh, the dark ride idea, but hear mm-hmm. me out on this one because I think this I'm one could fit in a I think this one could fit in a smaller space and would probably be a much smaller budget to pull this ride off. So if you if you think think of that La Luna uh, short um, mm-hmm. Pixar short there. So it, for me, it's going to be a dark ride. You're going to start off in a boat. It'll be mm-hmm. a water ride similar to like Pirates or something like that. The, the, the pathway that you're going on the ride is mostly dark. There's some kind of stars that are just kind of just barely lighting up the room enough so you can kind of see each other in the boat. But then just like in the movie, the, in the distance, you see like this, this moon kind of rising mm-hmm. over the horizon and it really brightens up the room and you see this just massive, massive light feature with the, the big shape of the moon. Then the boat ride would come to a stop. You would actually um, almost like rise of resistance type of thing where it starts in the boat and then you get mm-hmm. out of the boat and you go to a different part of the ride. In in the movie, the kid climbs the ladder mm-hmm. out of the boat and goes up and he's on the and there's all these stars lying on the ground that are all lit yeah. up. Right. So in my head, I'm thinking almost like when you come out of Spaceship Earth and there's that like play area for the kids with all the different interactive games um, mm-hmm. going on and same thing in the Imagination Pavilion, maybe doing something like that in that part of the ride. So you go, you almost like the, the almost like doors open up in that big bright moon. You walk in and then the, the whole floor has these glowing star shapes on the ground and it kind of feels a little bit funky to walk on and there's some interactive kind of games and features uh, yeah. for the kids to play um, there in the ride. But then to me, the the real big selling feature, I think for me for this this idea was when you go to leave the ride, almost similar to like what you've seen from the the new Tron roller coaster. I'm gonna mm-hmm. put you guys. I'm gonna put everybody in a hallway because at the end of the La Luna movie, just this one big massive star comes down. This mm-hmm. little kid, the little kid climbs on top. He hits it with a hammer, and it breaks into like thousands of stars, and they kind of rain down on the, the dad and the grandfather. So I'm gonna put all my guests to to exit this ride. You go into a hallway, and almost like. You've seen like in some of these aquariums and stuff where you're in a hallway and like the, the aquarium is up and over your head. Yes. That's what I want to have kind of in this experience. So you're in a hallway, there's a glass walls and ceiling around you. And when you look up, there's going to be this massive, massive glowing star. And then you could have either an animatronic or mm-hmm. something with uh, some, some video features, uh, holograms or something where you see a kid show up on top of the star, he hits it and then same thing they use these video features where it looks like when you're in the hallway and you look up it's just thousands of just different sparkling stars all falling down around you behind you beside you and then the ride's over then you exit out to the outside it's a very creative idea i love it yeah i love it um i think it's a great idea and the thing that i one of the things that i actually feel gives that um, some legs is that um, La Luna actually has the Star Catcher game in Pixar Pier. So there's already that IP that exists in people's mind when they think of Disney parks and that Pixar short. So yeah, I think that's fantastic. Um, I think something along those lines would be really cool. And even if it isn't like a ride per se, I think incorporating that short into the park would be really fun because it's such a, like an ambiguous short. Like we don't really know anything about the character. So hypothetically like his character could have any kind of personality trait it's like you've got sort of like this young and innocence and you know the world is still 
very open to any possibility. Um, and so he's a very relatable little character, especially to like kids and stuff to where I think that that mm-hmm. could be. Um, and like the dad's relatable to me because he's like hard and calloused and grumpy. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think that that could certainly be that's that's something that is definitely something that that dog hunts for sure. When I think Excellent. what that does is it gives kids another thing to do at Epcot, which yes, Epcot exactly. has tried to incorporate some things over the last few years that are more kid friendly. But Epcot has never been thought of as a kid's park. No. Um, and so I think that gives another, I mean, really the way that you described it, experience, not mm-hmm. just an attraction, no. but the whole thing being more interactive and the kids being able to feel like they've been put inside this short um, and maybe even having some of those interactive elements with the stars on the sort of in-between. Um, yeah, I think it's great. I think it it also would expose kids to the short Luna because I know that one thing we found when we took our daughter to Disney when she was 10 months old is we hadn't showed her all of the old Disney films yet, but some of the things that she saw for the first time that we came home and watched the movies. Mm-hmm. And so I think that would give people a chance to do this. Yeah, reason to go back and watch. Yes. To come home and be like, oh, let's watch this short, La Luna. It was like that ride we did in Epcot. Mm -hmm. All right. For 500 points, which Pixar movie was Luna premiered before? Would if I gave you the year it came out, would that help? That would help. 2011. Toy Story 3. Mm. No. And that was 2010. I was close on the year. Give, well, let me ask this hint. Was it one of the best Pixar movies or was it one of the one of the worst per Pixar movies? <laughs> well, if you're asking if it was Cars 2, the answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was my next thought. It was... It was a middle-of-the-road Pixar film that was good enough to where there is a character meet-and-greet in Magic Kingdom of that film. I don't know if it's still there, but I know it, I know it has been there, and it was there in October when we went. Brave? Brave. Correct. Brave. Yeah. What's well, this is a fun game. Which Pixar short aired before? Which yeah. That was great. <laughs> that is a good You know why I didn't future, know that? Future podcast you didn't see right Brave there. in... Theaters. I did not see Brave in theaters. No. I, I didn't know that. I went to go see Brave in theaters with my mom and my sister, and it was a it was a pleasure. It was a lot of fun. Speaking of pleasure, here's what I would do. By the way, um, I'm going to invest five hundred thousand for twenty percent of your idea. Um, <laughs> okay, so actually, you know what? Thirty. I'm feeling generous. Would you do it for eighteen percent? I just said thirty, so yeah, I'll do eighteen. Um, <laughs> okay, so what I would do is I would give Pleasure Island another go. And I would try to resurrect the failed Pleasure Island, which, by the way, had a really bad logo if you haven't seen it. Um, uh, the, so, so Pleasure Island was kind of like, you know, it's a defunct part of downtown Disney or Disney Springs now that opened up in 89 and closed 19 years later in uh, 2008. But I think that if we were going to do some kind of like a boat sort of gondola ride through thing, you could kind of go back to Pinocchio a little bit and do some kind of a cool like carnival sort of fun Pleasure Island sort of situation. Um, I think that hanging out with Geppetto in his sad house is just not fun. 
So <laughs> even though he does have the cuckoo clocks and he likes to, you know, make wooden wooden boys, um, I just don't think that that would be a super interesting experience. And so you could do something Pleasure Island related where you could like smoke and play pool with donkeys and stuff. It's um, really family friendly. Well, I was okay. going to say, or we could go all the way back to the hit film Pinocchio with Tom Hanks that came out last year. And when you get in the boat, when they serve you your brown beverage in a cup, make sure they did this in the movie. This is real. Look it up. Make sure that every <laughs> single character makes it abundantly clear they're drinking root beer. Mm. Mm, this is good root beer. I'm so glad we get to have root beer. And I'm like, this stinks. So you could do that. You could serve kids root beer and let them go play. Perfect. Um, in Pletcher Island. Yeah. I they can grab one of those perfect. donkey masks from the mask store before exactly, they go. Exactly. Right. Perfect. <laughs> right. Some more right, merch. right. Yeah. So I would take, I would do, I would, I think that something Pinocchio could be kind of fun. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, you know, it would just have to be done well. But um, yeah, you could take something from the, from the 2022 film. My thought was definitely Luca because there's so much they could do with that. They could do some sort of little side adventure with his little sea monster friend. Mm -hmm. um, like not from the movie, but kind of a new storyline with mm -hmm. that character where he reunites with his buddy and goes on an adventure I don't well, know. so they had the lucas short on disney plus um it was um uh chow alberto is what it was called and it was kind of uh -huh. like him with the uh grumpy cat dad yeah um and uh who i'm convinced is the same dad was in the boat in la luna you cannot tell yeah. me otherwise. yep um so yeah. yeah there's plenty of like little adventures and stuff and they are fun characters right um you know, I mean, I think that a lot of young girls had a crush on on Alberto, which I thought was wild, but interesting. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that they could do something with that, and it could be fun. They also have the aspect too of like in one of the shops, there's a bunch of Ferrari merchandise, mm -hmm. and so you have that one kid who I don't know if he's a kid or like a thirty year old man. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But the guy who like the one that wants to beat everyone yeah, every time in the race, the bully. Yeah. Um, I you just can't some... graduate. Exactly right. <laughs> hey, why is my teacher so mean to me? The math is so hard. Yeah, unbelievable that Jim Gaffigan was the dad in that movie. Yeah, um, crazy. Yeah, so I think that that could be something for sure. Uh, it could definitely be something kind of interesting to do, like with Alberto's story, because mm -hmm. he was such a, like a hit character. Although I was much more prone to, I think the little girl was more more fun. Yeah, she was really fun. Her name is escaping me completely, but she was fun. I can't remember any of one's name in that movie. Hey, Luca. Except for Luca. And Alberto. I only remember that because you just said it. Oh, the girl. Julia. 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 That's Julia. right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. She was awesome. She was a great character. It was cool. My final answer for what I would add would be a Lizzie McGuire attraction. <laughs> Lord have mercy. <laughs> and you would be riding on the moped with Paolo. And then at the end, Isabella would confront Paolo. And that would be the grand finale of the attraction. Hmm. Is she would say, Sing to me, Paolo. And, and then, Paolo and then would happens. sound like a dying goose. And then everyone would boo him. Mm -hmm. And then Lizzie and Isabella would sing 
this is what dreams are made of. And then you would get off of the moped. Hmm. And that's my idea. Wait a minute. Why don't they have the Vatican in there? We could have a Vatican experience. That's great. You know? Were you Isn't like, that technically its own place? It's its own like state, but it's in the center of Rome. So like, that's like, yeah, it's its own state. I mean, it's it really, but it but it is technically in Rome. So they could have like a Vatican attraction where you, um, I don't know, go hear words from the Pope, I guess. <laughs> Do communion. I'm going to be careful <laughs> with this one because a Vatican attraction for kids could go south really fast. No. Ah, yeah, I, don't think, I don't think Disney wants to mix with that brand. Now, who knows what goes on behind closed doors. Um, okay, so I, I, that, I mean, yeah, Italy. What else are you going to say? I, I don't, there wasn't really a lot of Disney films based in Italy, so there's not a whole lot else you could do. Um, I mean, I you know, I, I think it's, I think if I'm being serious, I think jokes have left the room. Um, I mean, it is it is a very fine pavilion the way it is. And I don't think, we we've, yeah. we what we always ask in the episode, is there anything you would add or take away? Um, no to both of those things because in all reality i think it's fine the way it is um and i just can't think of anything that i would really want to take away from it necessarily i think the food puts it right up there with some of the other pavilions um the shopping has enough authentic stuff Mm -hmm. cool things to look at experiences with being able to do wine tasting try different types of alcohol yeah yeah. I mean, it's very picturesque too. Right, it's a lot right. of really great spots to take photos, to get family photos taken, all of that stuff. So, there's no attraction, but yeah, I think it's great the way it is. Well, even just like you know the bell tower being you know uh, the 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 replica of what you would see based on you know Saint Mark. It's just it's great. I mean, it it really takes you into a Venetian atmosphere, and and you get that. I mean, yes, they are leaving out things like you know. Um, Certainly, they're leaving things out like Rome, and they're leaving out Florence and um, the Machine and 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 Milan and things like that. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's good. I think for what it is, it's really good. Did you get my Florence and the Machine joke, or did you just not listen, just not respond to it? I was just I... about to say that. Well, the dog days are over. So. <laughs> <laughs> just, no one said anything. I was like, oh no. That's because I was trying to figure out if Cars 2 took place in Italy. Cars 2 took place in Italy, Paris, Tokyo, and maybe somewhere else. So look, we could have Cars 2. We could. Do you, you remember the scene when Tomater like, thinks that wasabi is pistachio ice cream and eats a big bunch of it? And I'm like, that's probably like insensitive somewhere down the line. Larry the Cable Guy. Um, Cars 2 was a disaster. You know, they can't all be winners. Yeah, but they should at least be passable. They should. Like, we saw Elemental the other day. It was passable. It was fine. It was, there was a lot about it that was, like, a raised eyebrow for me. But it was fine. Cars 2 was just, like, really, really... It was, like, a straight-to-DVD kind of kind of thing. It, yeah, it definitely had that straight-to-DVD kind of old Disney sequel type of vibe to it, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we're certainly not talking about the downfall of Pixar, so that's for <laughs> another time. And who am I to judge? Um, all right. Before we wrap things up, Johnny, if you have Disney+, Plus, which with all your kids, I'm assuming you probably do, oh, um, yeah. who is your avatar on your account? Uh, for me, it is Mando. 
he is my favorite Star Wars character. So he mm-hmm. is uh, he was my day one avatar, and it has never once changed for me. That rocks. He was mine for a very long time, and then I changed it like last week. Oh, what do you get now? What's your what's your go to now? I have Remy from Ratatouille as mine now because I'm a huge nerd for Ratatouille. That's like my favorite Disney film. Oh, there you go. Cool. Yeah. Well, cool. Um, before we wrap things up, I wanted to ask you um, if there's anything you would like to promote, plug, or talk about. Obviously, um, I think it's safe to assume that not all of our listeners listen to your show. And so let's give them an opportunity to check you out. Awesome. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah. So again, the name of the sh- uh, my podcast is the DMSW podcast. That's D for Disney, M for Marvel, SW for Star Wars. I try to cover basically anything and everything that happens under the Disney umbrella. So we'll talk about going to the parks, the hotels, Disney movies, things that are on Disney Plus, uh, but then also covering everything Marvel, MCU related and and star wars and if uh if if you're gonna let me promote here the 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 one special thing we're doing on the podcast right now typically my my episodes will come out every monday uh right now with the ahsoka series kicking off for star wars we've uh we've teamed up i i teamed up with tim from the dreaming of disney podcast and we are co-hosting uh basically a a, like an ahsoka tano recap show um, that comes out every Thursday. So my regular episodes will be out on Mondays, but then every Thursday after that, the Sokotano show comes out. Everybody has a little bit of time to watch it. If you come back to the mm-hmm. uh, to the feed on Thursday mornings, you'll be able to uh, hear our recap episodes every Thursday until the uh, Ahsoka show is all over. Love it. I have that episode sixty four in my in the hopper, and I'm like getting awesome. ready to listen to it. Um, I just haven't haven't been able to yet, but I think it's going to be a weekend. My weekend, uh, my weekend plans are going to be your podcast. So awesome. Um, Sounds good. Well, cool. Well, thank you again so much for joining us on the show. We really appreciate your time and uh, and and your insight on Italy. It's been a lot of fun. Um, thank you so much to all of our listeners for your support and for joining us weekly on the show. Um, you can find us online at theparksacademypod.com as well as on the Parks Academy on Instagram. Um, thank you so much to our two outstanding, phenomenal sponsors, Deep Cut and Neo Sabers. You can get 10% off your first order from either of their websites using the code TPA10 at checkout. And all of their links and information will be directly in the show notes, as well as all of Johnny's information and the DMSW podcast info as well. Thank you guys so much again. We appreciate you. We love you. And we will catch you next time. Mm-hmm.